Welcome to Ultra Modern. This is a lifestyle and creative podcast created by Crosswalk Future Of that examines the ways that God is moving and working in today's world. To learn more about Future Of, follow us on Instagram at futureof.cw. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome to the Ultra Modern Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that you're listening. My name is Andy Palomares. And uh, I have a very special guest with us today. I'm just going to introduce you right off the bat, bro. We okay. have Nico Lee. Yeah. Nicholas Lee right yeah. here. What up, bro? What's up, bro? How are you? I'm good. I'm just happy to be here. And Alex is here now. What's up, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, just a funny story. So first of all, Nico is one of our creatives here at, at, at Crosswalk. You help out with filming and editing, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, you are, you're the GOAT, bro. A lot of the cool stuff that we do here at Crosswalk is because of Nico. For instance, we started a new series um, at Crosswalk Maine called, uh, what was it called? Christian, Christian, question mark? Yeah. And the bumper video was phenomenal. Thank and you, that man. was due to you, Alex, and Devin, and Isai working hard and just doing cool stuff, bro. So we're just happy to have you here. Thanks, man. Dude, funny story. One time. I wanted to text you, yeah. and I forget who else. I think I wanted to text you, and maybe it was Alex. I forget. So I made a group chat, and I clicked I, I, I clicked N-I-C, because that's the first three letters of your name. Mm. And I didn't really check to see who I was texting, so I clicked it. It said Nicholas. I was like, all right, cool. And I made a group chat um, with me, and I think it was Alex, but I don't remember who it was. So I'm just going to say it was Alex. And, <laughs> and I was waiting for a response, and then uh, my friend – Whoever else was in the chat texted me. He's like, hey, you you, you invited the wrong Nicholas. <laughs> and I invited my <laughs> 11-year-old cousin into our group chat. Bro. And he, did, he never responded back. But anyways. He probably asked him, like, hey, can you make a video? And he's probably like, I don't know how to use a computer. <laughs> he said, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. A shaky I gotta... <laughs> iPhone video. <or> something. <laughs> That'd be funny. Anyways, dude, I'm happy that you're here. I'm, dude. I'm actually glad to be here. Dude. We're, we're happy, happy that you're here. I'm so excited right now, dude. Good. I, I'm excited to hear about some stories. We were talking beforehand, and uh, Nico has some fun stories to talk about. And I feel like it connects well to what we're going to talk about today. So what we're talking about today is how to be meek, M-E-E-K, meek. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Mike gave an awesome message this last weekend at our Future of Service. And he talked about being meek and what that looks like. And it's a very forgiving and humble spirit, not choosing anger, but choosing instead to to act in calmness and whatnot. And I think being meek is one of the hardest things to do because I know I'm naturally, well, I'm a peacekeeper. Like I like to bring peace, but I'm also a hothead. Yeah, I know what you mean. Tell us about that. I'm kind of the same way, Mm -hmm. but um, like... I, I like to keep the peace, but then I'm a blunt person. Mm-hmm. So then sometimes that disturbs the peace. Oh, yeah. Because I'll just write out, say, like, what the problem is without any, like, buffer of, like, yeah, but, like, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> you like, just if, say it as it is. Like, I'm, yeah, and I have to work on that. But sometimes, like, someone's like, yeah, but this sucks. And I'm like, yeah, well, like, just fix it. You're causing the problem. Right. <laughs> Dude, that's good. That's good that you have that in you because I don't have that in me because I, I take meekness to the extreme to where it's not, like, good. Like, yeah. I, I will avoid saying something because I think it'll disturb the peace so much. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then end up like not calling something out for a friend or a family member or someone in church because I didn't want to disturb the peace, bro. That's hilarious because my brain works the exact opposite. I'm like, dude, I might disturb the peace, but it needs to be said. That's amazing. Do you, do you happen to know what your Enneagram number is? I think, I think it was like six, but I don't, I feel like that also might not be right. I think it might be. What is six? Oh, so six is the, six is the courageous person. Mm. Um, I might be getting that wrong or I think it's the loyal person. That's what it is. So the six is like a really good friend and will be by their side. Mm. Um, my dad is a six. Uh, what the heck? What? What just happened? <laughs> For those listening, they didn't see that, but this bush literally just moved. That was really scary. That was that was scary. Is there something in it? There's like a rat in there. Imagine it just jumped out. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> bro, I think it'd be worth taking the Enneagram test to see what Enneagram number you are because yeah. I have a sense of what you might be, but I, I want. I feel like you should take the See, test. Yeah, first. I've taken it before, but I didn't take it seriously, so I just don't remember. Dude, you should take this specific text, and this is for everybody that's listening right now. Take the W E P P S Enneagram test. It is ten dollars. You can type that into Google W E P P S space Enneagram test, and it'll mm-hmm. pop up. Take the test. It's ten dollars. If you can't pay for it i will pay for it for you like literally if you don't want to pay for it i'll venmo you ten dollars i did this for felipe recently i i told felipe hey i'll send you ten bucks and i he he, i hope he took it what's up devin oh true oh enneagram uh an enneagram series I think that'd be great. That would be cool. That would be good. I, I want to do a, a series on the Enneagram specifically, but I don't have enough Enneagram knowledge. Mm. But yeah. it's worth it. Like knowing your Enneagram number brings out a lot of things about yourself that you didn't, you may or may not have known. Yeah, no, I actually think they're really interesting because mm-hmm. at first I, I was pretty turned off by them because I thought it was kind of the same thing as like astrology, mm-hmm. which I'm super turned off by. I just like... People will talk about their star sign. I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Like, I feel bad sometimes because some people are really, really um, absorbed and oh, invested yeah. in it. And I'm just like, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Because isn't that just totally based on, like, just the month that you were born? That, but it has its basis in, like, Hinduism. Oh, interesting. So it's like, I don't know. Is it like, it, I also feel like it's like a weird, almost cultural appropriation. But it I might be. I don't know. Because I was talking to one of my, it's either Hindu or Sikh. I don't know which one it mm. is, but I was talking to one of my friends who practices Sikhism, and also has been practiced Hinduism in the past, and she knows a lot, like actually about interesting astrology. And I was like, that's really interesting. So I feel like the way that us as Americans use it is kind of offensive. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, you 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 usually hear it from like valley boys and valley girls who are like oh my any i mean my enneagram my my i'm sagittarius oh i'm yeah. a libra or i'm a cancer that's exactly what I, that's what i am oh you're a cancer i'm yeah. a Lib- libra i don't know what that means at all i do remember one time i got the cosine app which mm. like talks about it yeah. and i read the thing for that day and i was like uh why is this so accurate and i just deleted it <laughs> <laughs> i was like i don't want to i don't want to learn about this i only know i'm a cancer because uh my girlfriend calls me out every time I do something that's cancer-like, and she's like, that's a cancer thing. That's a like, cancer. Cancer sounds so bad, though. Like, I know it does, <laughs> but then also, like, I've read what my sign means, and it, it is me, and I, I, I like it. 
So hey. I I it is a weird thing because also cancer used to have that connotation where it's like, yeah, that's cancer. Like it was a bad thing. Yeah. Before. That gave me cancer or like yeah. that, that was a meme. Sorry, I'm not yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like it was like a, a weird like derogatory term at one point. So it's right. like when I say, Yeah, I'm cancer, I still think about it even though that was like a derogatory term from like eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Dude, you're you're a good cancer. Thanks, man. You're I appreciate it. You're of a good course. Libra, even though I don't really know anything about <laughs> Libras. I don't know what it means either, but shout out <laughs> the Libras out there. Um, anyway, so uh, we're going to talk about meekness today. And I want to start, I just thought of this right now. I'm going to tell a story about a time that I did not choose meekness. Mm-hmm. Um, or And again, just to define meekness, meekness is like a humble, forgiving spirit. And it doesn't mean letting someone walk all over you, it means choosing kindness or choosing peace instead of anger. And that, like, as much as I like to peace keep, oh, this is why I was talking about the Enneagram. As much as I like to peace keep, like that's my Enneagram number, number nine, the peacekeeper. I'm also a wing eight. So wing eight, eight are kind of like the more aggressive people and they have more of a temper, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, you can ask my parents, you can ask my sister, like anybody that was close to me, they know that after a while, like, my temper will show up and, and if I'm pushed too far, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, uh, I have to grow in that because sometimes I'll suppress anger instead of expressing anger. Yeah. So I need to grow in that. But I remember this one time I was in, uh, let's see, sixth grade at Loma Linda Academy. Shout out LLA. And wait, did you go to Loma Linda? No, I went to RAA. RAA. Hey, shout out RAA too. Shout out all our RAA listeners. Hey, high schoolers, if you're watching this, this is, there doesn't have to be a rivalry. No rivalries. Bury the hatchet. Yeah. Look at how good of friends we are. Exactly. <laughs> LLA and RA can come together. So I remember sixth grade, LLA, every morning, if you got there early enough, they would mm-hmm. give you a like recess period before school starts. Yeah. So say like school starts at eight. If you get dropped off at 7 a.m., then you have a whole hour of just hanging out with your friends and doing whatever you wanted, right? Basketball, um, soccer, you know. A big thing, I don't know if I did this in sixth grade as much, but I remember a big thing was trying to get girls to chase you. I don't know if you guys did that. <laughs> I would be lit. <laughs> That's, that was so funny. I, I was telling uh, Emily about that the other day. I was like, yeah, I was pretty fast. None of the girls ever caught me. Dude, and, me too. Dude, it, we're just fast guys. <laughs> we're you know just what I'm fast guys. We knew how to get the chicks, even though we couldn't <laughs> land them most of the time. Exactly. What a weird thing that kids did, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I remember one one season of sixth grade, like one one uh, period of time, there's this kid who would bring the basketball to school and we would play with it. Mm-hmm. And his last name was started with an M and mine was with a P. And I don't know how, but I was in front of him and he was behind me, even though P, M-N-O-P. Yeah, I must have been backwards because he was always behind me. Mm-hmm. And he brought the basketball to school and Every morning after we play basketball, we you know you get into line to then go to your class. He would take his basketball and he would like bounce it off of my head, like he would he would grab it and just like you know throw it and it would hit my head and then it would bounce back to him and he would catch it. And you know I, and the first couple times it happened, I was like, haha, that's so funny, you know. Then it kept happening, and I just didn't know like what to do about it because it just seemed like. He wasn't getting, getting the the idea of like, hey, I don't want you to do that. Like, yeah, this is annoying. And I remember one day we get in we get in line and he wasn't doing it yet. Like 
we were just walking and you know guys line here girls line here and we were walking to the choir class and before you go into the choir class they have you line up outside of the classroom and they would always let the girls into the class first yeah and i remember finally they called the guys in and the teacher led the way so all the students are behind her and they're going to the class and we're towards the back of the line and he takes the ball and he bounces it bounces it off my head and dude i just lose it like i literally <laughs> just lose it i turn around not even kidding and i punch the kid oh. in the ear okay. like i just like smack him hard closed oh, fist that's not what i thought we were. i thought <laughs> you were gonna say like you picked up the ball and you just chucked it back at him i you... should have done that dude i should have done that <laughs> i i literally turned around just smacked that fool in the head and he falls to the ground oh no and and now he's holding his ear and i'm there like 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 almost like yeah and then i see him on the ground and i was like oh my gosh i just punched him yeah like i literally just hit him in the head so i i didn't know what to do so i just like turned around and walked back into the classroom and just like walked into the classroom and i just sat there like terrified 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 because i didn't want to get in trouble and you know like a couple not a not I mean, maybe like 30 seconds passes and then he walks in. Yeah. Right. And then he's like kind of holding his head and I'm like, oh no, he's about to tell a teacher and <laughs> the teacher sees him and is like, oh my gosh, I'll, I'll call him Billy. So he keeps his identity safe. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh my gosh, Billy. Save him from public humiliation. Exactly. <laughs> and save me also from not getting a referral post, post school. <laughs> the teacher goes up to him and he's like, Billy, are you okay? Like what happened? And I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, this guy's about to tell on me. I'm, I'm about to go to the office, you know, all these things. And he looks at her and he goes, oh, nothing. I just hit my head with the basketball. Oh. And he goes and he sits down and he didn't say anything. Dang. Yeah. He, Mike, he still got your back even though. He did, Even bro. though you screwed him over. I really did. I just punched <laughs> that guy in the head. It wasn't cool. And But the reason I tell that story is because I feel like more often than not, maybe not to that caliber of, like, physical violence against someone happens, but we live in a culture where the instinct isn't to like, I'm going to be humble. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose to reach out. The culture is more like, I'm going to subtweet about this person. Yeah. Or I'm just going to totally at them and, and, and tell them why they're wrong or why, you know, there's some kind of tension between us. Yeah. Yeah. Or even moving away from like the social media angle. Like, um, I think about how coming out of high school and going into college you can still be in the mindset of like certain people wronged you so you'll mm. you'll hold a certain amount of malice towards them yes even though they haven't really done anything immediately wrong to you in a while but you still carry something so then if that person's even mentioned in any negative context you'd hop on the train to just keep oh yeah pounding that person into the ground because you have your own criticisms about them you have your own grievances with them but you don't feel it's like this it's the same concept as like on the internet no one really knows who you are so you mm. just feel like you can just say things yeah. into the void where like a lot of the times and i feel like this is the the root of how gossip starts mm. where like it's just a bunch of these people being like yeah this person did this and i don't like them because of this but don't tell them i said that and then yeah. it just keeps going around and around and around yeah and i feel like it's that same thing where it's like you just gotta stop <laughs> yeah totally it it you know what that reminded me of? It's like a really bad and harmful game of telephone. Yeah. Have you played that before? Yeah. And that's all that high school is. It's just a big, bad, yes. harmful game of telephone. It is. Let me let me explain it for maybe people who don't know what telephone is. 
Telephone is like this game where you like you line up in a row mm-hmm. and one person will start the game off with a phrase at one end of the line. So say the phrase is like, I like candy. Yeah. Right? And then you whisper it to the next person. Exactly. And, and then they, to the next person. Yeah. And you see what the last person at the end of the line thinks you said. Exactly. By the end of it. And it's more often than I say like nine times out of ten, the complete wrong thing. Oh, but, absolutely. And sometimes it'll be close. Other times you'd be like, what? Like, where did this go wrong? Yeah. You know? And I feel like gossip starts off as like, as like maybe some, something harmless. Yeah. Like, oh, did you hear what happened? Oh, wow. And then you tell the next person. And maybe maybe that that next person that says it, like, fills in the gaps, like, or assumes what might have happened. Yeah. And then that all of a sudden becomes the new truth about mm-hmm. that person. And then it just continues down the line until you have this big, you know, uh, controversy or conspiracy about this person that is probably 1% true. Yeah. You know? And on top of that, there's, like, interjection of, like, each person's own personal thoughts on that person. And yeah. I, I just, I oh, mean, yeah. like, it's, it's awful. It just sucks because it just keeps going and going and going. And it, it sucks because I feel like some people, when they come out of high school and even go into college, they still hold that. And mm. you can see it in some, yeah. even some adults to an yeah. extent. Like, I, I constantly am, like, just, like, in my head, like, talking to myself about that. Yeah. Because, I mean... I've just got out of high school, mm-hmm. so I'm still like grappling with some of those right. tendencies. Because I found that like even even moving out of it, and even when you were when I was in it, I was very much someone who didn't want to be a part of that. But then when you have your grievances with people, it's so easy to fall into. Exactly. Sometimes. Yeah, it is. And what what's interesting is that holding grudges or holding grievances against someone feels good for a moment but mm-hmm. over time it eats away at you yeah like for instance w- when that kid kept bouncing the basketball off my head i didn't mention this but what i would do is like i would go home because like it, it hurt my feelings um i would go home and i would begin thinking of like all the things that i could do to get back at him yeah and it felt good to think about that like yeah. i'd be in bed and being like all right if he throws the ball at my head and it bounces off in a weird way, I'll grab it and I'll just kick the crap out of it yeah. into the field so that he has to go get his ball. Or like, or, <laughs> or you know, if he says something, then I'll, I'll, I, I would make some kind of comeback. And I've done that throughout my life. Like, it, it's just those shower thoughts of like, like yeah. you're just thinking of like different versions of how it can go. Mm-hmm. And that feels good. It does in the moment. But then it's, it's when, when you like actually take your step back and yeah. you're like, all right, well, it, am, if, is me getting back at this person really going to do anything for mm. me? Like, am I going to feel anything good after that? Yeah. That's something that I've had to even come to terms with just growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've briefly mentioned this to you before, but, like, in my early high school years, I was, like, a little bit of, like, a self-righteous guy who thought he was, like, a little better than everyone else. Yeah. Just because I had been so... Because you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had been so wronged by so I, I had felt so wronged by uh-huh. so many people and I thought that like just because I had the capability of like having the knowledge of what they did wrong that I was still better than them even mm. though I just kind of threw it back in their face and was like yeah well you did this well screw you or right. like yeah on a more uh, immature level when I was in like elementary school like kids would just go around and smack each other in like certain regions of their body 
and it was awful and yeah. it would hurt and I was always the target. So then when they all stopped doing that, I would just get everyone back. Ah, it was your payback time, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Dude, it was so bad to where a teacher had to come up to and talk to me about it. Yeah. Where he was like Hey man. Hey man. So <laughs> we want all of our we want all of our students to have the opportunity to have children in the future. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we we need you to protect our future right now. <laughs> yeah. And he's like do you understand what's at stake here? And I was like, oh, wait, what? And then you understand that. That's so funny. Well, that's the, oh, let me, let me play off of that and bring it to scripture. I'm going to bring up two things. One, obviously in scripture, Jesus says, you're blessed when you're a meek. So blessed are the meek. Yeah. Um, And in that context, it actually means happy. Blessed is associated with happiness. Yeah. So like you find happiness when you choose meekness Mm -hmm. or you choose forgiveness. And the reason why that's so powerful is because oftentimes we will, like you said, uh, the beginning will feel really good when you hold that grudge against somebody yeah. until eventually you feel like it's eating away at you. Yeah. And, and there's this story in scripture, um, you know, John the Baptist, you've, mm-hmm. you know, so John the Baptist has a very unfortunate ending in his life. He, he is beheaded. Yeah. We learn about that in the gospel of Matthew and I'm forgetting the other one, maybe John, but I feel like probably not. I don't know. I'm, I'm totally blanking, but John has an unfortunate ending, and John is actually captured by Herod. He's in prison, mm-hmm. and his wife, Herod's wife, her name was Herodias, hates uh, John the Baptist. And mm-hmm. the reason that she, she hates John the Baptist is because he is speaking out against her marriage to, to Herod. And I think the reason was, like, their brother and sister or something, like, or cousins. And John was like, hey, stop that. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she hated him. And scripture actually says that she bore a grudge against John the Baptist. Now, to bear a grudge, or she bore a grudge. What that means is to, uh, I read, I, I did some study on this. The word actually means to dig a hole. So what mm. she did is what she dug a hole essentially in her heart. And she filled it with hate against him. Yeah. And and I feel like that is oftentimes the danger of the simple times of wanting to get payback, right? Yeah. Of like it feels good for a moment, mm-hmm. right? The the there's like this really nice feeling of what you can get back at somebody with or the things that you can do to them until yeah. you realize you've just filled that hole with hate. Mm-hmm. And the the sad thing about that is that that hate will eat you alive yeah it will deteriorate your heart and it got so bad that herodias ended up like taking her daughter's one wish uh i don't know if you know the story but the daughter pleases her father with like this dance and at this party and whatnot and the father says anything you want in my kingdom even up to half of it you can have Mm -hmm. and this is a big opportunity in this life especially because uh, women in this culture did not have the same uh, privilege in, in, in life that men had. And he or she has the opportunity to gain half a kingdom. But instead of choosing her daughter's future, Herodias, her daughter's future, she actually says, use that one wish to kill John the Baptist. Mm. And then robs her daughter of this future, robs um, John the Baptist of his life. And, and now she's left in in what probably a a very brief uh time of uh what is it called a very brief 
uh, moment it, of like wanting like um, retribution. Exactly. Yeah. Like it was the the payoff was so brief. You know. Yeah. I feel like that's the danger, of yeah. of, of choosing not to be meek. Yeah. Well, and I mean that story is just like so. It's like such a good example of that concept because I even think back to like that that unfulfillment thing about how you can fill a hole with hate and all you'll come out the other side with is just like it eats you up Mm. and i to an extent like i really understand that in multiple aspects of my life or multiple multiple aspects of like all of our lives Mm -hmm. where i'm like like one huge aspect of my life is like my creative endeavors and stuff and at one point that was super unfulfilling to me because I was doing it to prove to other people that mm. that it was that I could do it, or I had a I just wanted to prove that I was better than these other creatives that were in my immediate right. circle, right. and that's just unfulfilling mm. because all I'm doing it is out of spite and out of hate. Or I I think about back to the back to the like point in my life where like I did not really I was not a religious. No, you're good. You're good. I'm gonna play footsies in the middle of my For serious, sure. <laughs> my serious t- uh, talk. Um, no, there's a point in my life where I definitely wasn't a religious person at all, mm-hmm. and there's I I've I've used this analogy to you, but I'll say it on here because I think it's a good one. Um, I felt like there or my my Bible teacher when I was in high school told would always tell us that even even when you feel like you you're fine and you're fulfilled without God in your life. There will always be a God shaped hole in your heart that Mm. only gets filled with other things that won't fulfill you as you, uh, as you go on with your life. And at some point you start to feel that, that cause all you fill it with is contempt or like Mm. these other means to fulfill yourself when like the only real thing that will really fill that gap is, some 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 sort of spiritualism or god in your life right but yeah yeah meekness is a good thing yeah it's almost like our our identity as humans or our how we were created has this natural longing for more yeah right and i i feel like the the plight of humanity is continuously trying to figure out what that more is Mm -hmm. and that 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 battle of finding more shows up in multiple ways for some it's meekness like what's hindering them from understanding who jesus is or you know understanding that they were made for relationship with god is the fact that they choose to bear grudges they choose not to be meek they choose out to act in anger rather than in peace or in in forgiveness you know and i mean more often than not that that leads us to very unfulfilled lives like you could win a fight with somebody but also feel like you just lost because you just lost a friend right or you you could you can really get back to somebody and have like a fire comeback like that i mean have you ever been in like a a roasting circle like when people are roasting each other like those are fun and lighthearted until they get serious yeah they always get serious always get serious there's never if you don't want someone to be hurt by the end just don't even start them in the first place exactly and and there's that point where you say something and then you just realize, oh, that was a very terrible thing to say. Yeah. And you lose a friendship rather than, or you lose a friendship for a very, uh, what is the word? It just 
you lose a friendship for like instant gratification. Exactly. Just an instant a spike moment. of like, ha, gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, go for it. No, and that's, it's a, I, that's interesting to me because I think about um, something. I, the whole reason why I was like pushed towards like atheism, more or like agnostic agnosticism. Is that yeah. how you say that? Yeah. The main reason why I was pushed there towards that direction was because I had someone in my life who was, who did believe that, mm. or who, who had those beliefs that there wasn't anything, and it was for them an instant gratification thing, because they thought that the the thinking about there being more to this life was too much for them, mm. like that, but with but that was the only basis as to why they believed it. And it's kind of t- the same concept of like, it's just an instant gratification thing that that reasoning in your brain will only last last you for yeah. so long. Yeah. Because it almost comes from a place of stubbornness of mm. not wanting to admit that you're here for any other reason than to just like veg out on a rock. Yeah. It, you know, I, I like that you're talking about that because something else that comes to mind is how when Jesus came to earth and obviously Jesus was proclaiming to be the son of God, like I am God in human flesh, right? The way that he explained that wasn't giving these big arguments as to like, here is the, the, uh, metamor uh, what's the word? Metaphysical way that I am both God and human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, explained it for people like Jesus wasted no time in healing people, in loving people, in in forgiving people, and leaned into his divinity only when it was for the sake of helping someone, right? Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting is that I feel like because I've I've gone down the 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 questioning rabbit hole at times. Yeah. You know, I, I remember a very firm season in my life. It was my sophomore year in college. I was at PUC. First time I ever started questioning things like the existence of evil, why would God give humanity free will, you know, all these things, right? And for the first time in my life, I came to either a conclusion or like the closest I could get to a conclusion that maybe God didn't exist. Yeah. And because I, in my mind, I couldn't piece these things together. And yeah. I, I'm telling you, bro, the thing that brought me back to like belief in Jesus or faith wasn't any big uh existential theory on 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 the the existence of good and evil it wasn't uh someone explaining to me how god can be present at all places at all times it wasn't it was anything like that what brought me back to my faith was simply the love of jesus Mm -hmm. and that is i feel like what everybody truly wants but for some reason we choose to look at other areas and say like because because I can't figure this out then I'm gonna I can't I can't accept this in my life. Yeah, no, I I I especially resonate with that because one of the one of the bigger things for me when I realize when I came back to that realization that there is something more to this was just that like even even if I was still rocky in terms of like the God thing, mm-hmm. I knew that the love that people had shown me. Wow which had stemmed from, you know, a background of growing up in the church mm-hmm. and, you know, learning to love others. Yeah. 
was 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 powerful and that if I could show that to other people that would that would mean something yeah and a little more than just like we're just here to like do the thing then die wow and that eventually got me back to like okay well then why am I showing people love other than to just show them love and it's mm. because you you want to show everybody the love that you've been shown by others that they're exempt they're they're showing you love because they're trying to exemplify the character of god or the yeah. character of you know this this guy in the sky who's pretty great you mm-hmm. know and yeah, how could you not want to show that to other people right and show other people that there's this there's this way of living where you're not necessarily you know doing the thing to gain salvation but to at least let people know that there's that there's that means to getting there but Mm. then also that it just it just leads to a better lifestyle yeah yeah that i like that that point bro that this leads to a better life yeah and i feel like meekness is meekness is a step towards that better life Mm -hmm. meekness is saying like you're hurting me but i know that there's a better life in the situation yeah. i mean we may not have like co- we may not cognitively think about this right when someone is wronging us but like a posture of our heart is this person hurts me but i know that jesus loves this person and loves me yeah. and rather than continuing this animosity and this anger i'm going to choose to love and break the cycle yeah Dude, i talked about this before did you watch naruto no, I have not. But I've heard you. you we've talked about Naruto. You at, need to watch. Lane. I know Naruto. you want me to watch it so bad, and I understand why because it totally would be my thing, dude. I think you'd like it. It has. I, I feel like all my life lessons came from came from the Bible. Let me say that first. Yeah. And then also with Naruto. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said about finding finding those uh, those lessons in in secular media. Yeah. Right. Because they're there. Mm-hmm. Like so, one of because my other thing other than like growing up in in like a religious atmosphere where i read the bible was star wars hey let's go <laughs> there's a surprise when you get down to it there's a surprising amount of things to learn from those yeah. stories and also there's like he- heavy religious allegories in star wars oh, yeah for when sure you really pick them apart like yeah. the force is just an allegory for a higher being yeah and take it however you want it could be buddha or any other yeah. god that you want it to be but yeah. it's there this is good and, and this it, is evil yeah and it led me towards <laughs> finding my spiritual life again let's too. go so it's like that's another thing that's another topic entirely but no, I, we could go there i feel i just feel like the for so long we have kind of limited the content that we consume as believers in jesus which I for sure, I've, maybe there is a limit. There's a limit yeah. as to what we should see and allow into our life as someone who believes in Jesus, for sure. Yeah. But I'm not even kidding. Bible stories for me growing up, they didn't They didn't do it for me. No, they didn't for me either. Yeah. And I think that's something, I think it, that it's another, it's another thing entirely to try to, especially when you grow up in the church, that just feels like stuff that's forced onto you, yeah. that they want it at some point it becomes more like rhetoric yeah than actual like truth to you exactly. because you're not you're not really gaining anything from it because you just feel like it's being shoved in your face yeah i mean you 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 know the stories but they're not like 
because you know the story, the meaning in it usually like kind of drops out. Yeah. It's like you hear the story of Noah, we're going to talk about, oh, sticking to God even when people tell you not to. You think about, um, you know, Abraham, it's like, oh, remember God has given you a promise. And if he gives you a promise, it, I mean, there's certain things that come out about these stories, right? Yeah. But for some reason, when you visually see that story mm-hmm. in context of like something that isn't related to scripture, it like yeah. hits home in a way that, that it just doesn't with scripture. And it's just weird to say, like scripture has truths. It does. But I think part of the beautiful um, calling that God has on humanity is to take those truths and apply it to life. Yeah, or create things with those truths. Yes. Something, I think Josh said this in one of your first episodes of Ultra Modern, but he said that we're all inherently creatives because we are created. Mm. And that's something that's stuck with me. That's great. Because it's kind of true. There's there's some kind of move of God in the stuff that we create, whether we intend it or mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Like, uh, I did a sermon one time for The Walk. Let's go. Where I talked about the the much maligned Star Wars film, The Last Jedi. <sighs> like, people hate that movie, but it's it's a movie that's resonated with me so much because it has so many so many good lessons to learn in it. And even the story of how that movie was like publicly and critically received has such a good lesson in it. Wow. And but I did a whole entire sermon about that, and it was wild. But basically... Wait, tell Star us real quick, so, which, so The Last Jedi is the second movie or so the third Star one? Wars The Last Jedi is the second movie in the third trilogy right, okay. of the Star Wars movies. Okay, so keep going. Basically, the, the Last Jedi has a lot to say about like progress in a in a movement. Like the Jedi as a as an institution mm. and how you move forward by honoring tradition, right. but also moving forward in, in a direction that is actually progress. Wow. And a lot of people, it's interesting because a lot of people got stuck on that because like this, is, a lot of people were mad because this isn't Star Wars. Mm. This isn't what we grew up with. There's no Luke Skywalker, like, Saving the day, saving the day, or anything. He's this hermit who's cynical and (laughs) hates everything. Right. But then it's just also, it's just such an interesting deconstruction of like sometimes those myths of like what something should be aren't exactly what we should be striving for sometimes. Because like a lot of people these days who are traditional Christians, I idolize their idea of what what church used to be even though we we as christians look at that and we're like that's like a dinosaur method of Dang. worship yeah right and that's something i derived from watching a star wars movie wow. and it affected my my spiritual and yeah. just personal life and in, in terms of like thinking about also the world of like even in the world of politics and social issues some yeah. people are stuck on tradition when they're worshiping an ideological thing that has no place in our society now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think tradition Tradition is something that needs to be malleable. Yeah. Like there is merit, no, not merit, there is value in tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there's beauty in tradition, in mm-hmm. following tradition. But at some point, tra- tradition can actually restrict progress or yeah. tradition will will not allow new people into that tradition yeah you know yeah and 
I feel like right now what we're doing as young people is mm -hmm. we're creating a new tradition, right? Yeah. Like we are leading the way into something different. For for example, something very big that that I've seen specifically at Crosswalk. Um, I'm just going to speak out of our context because I, I haven't experienced other churches as much. What we've made as a new tradition is like what you wear to church um, doesn't need to be, uh, how do we say it? It doesn't need to be formal. It doesn't, need to be, formal. It doesn't need to be like you're going to a wedding right. type fit, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like we have, we have kind of made that step. Mm -hmm. And in a sense now, I mean, there was a lot of tension in that. I know my family, there's a lot of tension in that, like what you wear to church is very important. Um, and we, we, in a sense, still believe that, right? Like, we're not going to show up in the worst clothes, even though it's okay if you do. We just, our best has changed. So, like, we're pivoting that tradition, right? Yeah. And, but the thing is, one day, our tradition that we're creating right now will be pushing against the grain of our children's generation. Yeah. And what we need is to have the, maybe let's just say the meekness, yeah. the, the hum it, humble. It comes right back to it. Exactly. Where to, the only way to move forward is to like have that meekness yeah. that we crave from the generation before us right now. Exactly. When we get there. Exactly. Yeah. That like that's the I there have been some leaders that I've seen um who are older than us mm -hmm. that have accepted and been for the changes that we've made in a way that has been a blessing. Uh, for instance, Pastor Tim, I love Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim one time gave this message, and I've, I don't know if he remembers this, but I'm going to say it anyway. He said, this was for the New Humanity series that we did at the beginning of 2019. If you haven't seen that series, go check it out. It is fire. Anyways, the beginning of that series, he said this. He said, I hope that there's a day where I walk into Crosswalk, and it looks so different than what I made that I am uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, that sounds so scary. But he said, I want that to happen. Because if that happens, it means that God is leading this generation. Yeah. And what they need is going to be different than what I needed and my generation needed. Yeah. And that, I feel like right there is the biggest, that's that's a big uh, example of meekness. Yeah. Like this humble forgiveness, this humble um, posture that mm -hmm. says, I don't understand it. I may not like it, but God is leading you. I'm going to trust that God is leading you in this direction. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and in some capacity, that meekness is also just paying it forward to mm. the people that have for so long looked up to you for what what is church and wow. what is what is this thing that we're investing so much of ourselves into. And I, yeah. when when you have that humbleness in your heart to let them eventually be the ones who lead the way and yeah. and pave what our church looks like. Mm -hmm. is a is a is a powerful thing yeah dude. that we need to hold on one time i was i think i was talking to isai about this where he was like i hope when when we're older we're not like the the older traditionals that we complain about now mm. that wow. we that we're able to maintain this this open-mindedness that we have right now yeah when we're at this age of the people that we we consistently criticized yeah. because what are we doing for the next generation if we can't if we can't even give them what we desired when we were their age yeah yeah dude i one of the things that i've really tried to make central to like the ministry that i've been part of is we we're following jesus in this mm -hmm. right so like 
I, I am not about progress progression for the sake of progression. I'm about following Jesus. Yeah. And if Jesus is leading us in a, in a different direction, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And what's, what's difficult and what's harmful and scary sometimes is when an older generation will see that, that progress that we're making and, and, and not see the heart behind it. And they'll yeah. say, you are leaving tradition for the sake of leaving, or like you, you're leaving God. When in reality, like I firmly believe that what we're doing here at Crosswalk, at Future of, at The Walk, is, is God-led. Like we're not, I mean, you, you bro, you know me, and, and we know Isaiah, we know Tim, like we're not just trying to step on people's toes. Yeah. Like we, we believe that Jesus is leading us in this direction. We want people to experience this, you know? And like, my hope is that one day when I'm, you know, I don't know, 50 or whatever, I would have a posture of meekness that says, I may not understand what this new generation is doing, but I trust that they are following Jesus. Mm-hmm. They, they have that fire in them. And if they, if they have that, then my discomfort, oh, well, they, yeah. they, they're going where God is leading them to go, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful thing because posturing yourself in that way also just helps to push more people in the direction that you yeah. want them to go, like letting them know that, yeah, you're, that's new, but it, it's authentic, and that's going to get you far mm-hmm. farther than if you're just conforming to what is told to you that you should do, that is mm. proper, proper Christianity right, right. or proper worship. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing. It's malleable. It needs to change. Mm-hmm. Bro, so I'm going to say we should call it, but any last words of wisdom for people? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, we have last words of wisdom. Exactly. Literally words of wisdom. Literally words so of wisdom. So we have these little cards. Um, they're called Seeds That Bless, um, and they are made by one of uh, one of my previous, what are they? not a teacher, but he, was, he worked at PUC, and he makes these things. And we're just going to read these really nice words of wisdom so how about you start all right so mine says don't complain about things you're not willing to change Oof. which wow that really connects to what we were just exactly. talking about exactly i i read uh there's this big famous speech by an american leader i forget who it is but he says it's not the critic that matters or the one who's able to point out all the things that are wrong that matters it's the person that's in the arena with mm-hmm. the blood the sweat and the dirt on their face that is willing to fail and try again that matters so don't be just a critic be 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 the change i like that let me end with this one it says this forgiveness will set you free mm. boom Dang. fire let's these go both, these both, meekness we didn't, we didn't even read these beforehand to try i know to make make the what we talked about correlate to them we really didn't but it worked out we should start doing our podcast based off these that'd be good Thanks, God. Yeah, you really thanks, led us God. In that direction. Thanks for blessing us with seeds. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We love you so much. We pray that you're having a great day or wherever you are in life. 